Last week, we were talking about the wilderness. We were talking about how God challenges us in the wilderness. When we're driving our train through the wilderness, there are ways to do it and there are ways not to do it. Been talking the past few weeks about the audacity of faith. Do we have it? Will we boldly declare things in the spiritual even when it aggravates the devil? Yeah. Yeah, we will. This week, I'd like to dig into something that I've been reading, that God put on my heart. And it's the sower, the parable of the sower. It's a parable that you can find in three of the Gospels. When Matthew talks about it, Matthew says this, chapter 13, starting at verse 3. Then he, Jesus, spoke many things to them in parables. He said, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came, and they devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they were withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So in thinking of wanting to spend a little bit of time on this, it's kind of hard to divide it up because the parable is so good. And so this morning, I would ask a question, and I'm going to be asking this for a couple of weeks. How's your dirt? See, when I was young, I grew up in church, and I always thought this parable didn't apply to me. Okay, it was a story that we would hear, and I thought, this applies to people who never knew the Lord. That's how I was when I was little, right? And it's about the, the word of God going out and about how people can receive the word and things that can happen. Well, yeah, but it's also very applicable to every one of us sitting in here because God's word is still going out, and what do we do with it? What are you going to do with the things that God is putting on your heart? What are you going to do with the things that you're hearing? How does it fit into your theology? There's a painting by Van Gogh, which I really love Van Gogh. don't know if you know, but Van Gogh studied to go into mission work in the Netherlands when he was younger. And so a lot of his works, they have this spiritual kind of tone to them. And one of my favorites is The Sower. And so it's going to pop up from time to time. But what I love about this is that Jesus would be with people, and Jesus would be around people who, they knew philosophy, and these people, they were so learned in the law, and they were so learned. And Jesus, at times, would just turn it on its head by telling a story. Now, imagine that. You have Jesus, and people would ask him these deep theological questions, or you just saw miracles happen, and Jesus would bust out with a story. Why did he do that? He did it because he wants to work through the common things to get your attention. He doesn't want your spiritual experience to be so formal that you miss out on the things that he's trying to say. It says in 1 Corinthians, God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God's chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. That may explain why you're reminded of God so many times as a Christian. Maybe you're watching a movie with your kids and you're like, whoa. That was a God truth that just jumped out at me. 
And I'm not talking like something you get from the Christian bookstore. I'm talking like mainstream movies. You'll get those moments where God will jump out at you. Or when you're driving in your car listening to good country music, you know, and you'll like you'll hear something. And you'll hear something and God truths will jump out and you'll be like, God, I hear you. I hear you in that. If you want to walk in a constant state of amazement in your faith, I would challenge you to look at God the way a six-year-old looks at God. As this sower goes along in this parable, there are four places that the seed is thrown. The first one is on the beaten path or wayside. The second place is on rocky ground. The third place is among thorns, and the fourth place is on good soil. And I love the way that Jesus sets this up because he doesn't start with the good soil. So when I, again, when I was young, and probably even now, if someone told that story, I would think I'm the good ground, right? I would automatically jump to the fact that my heart is good soil. What are you doing with the God truths that he is throwing your way? Six-year-old theology. Do you know what that means to me? It means that when a child learns something about God, that's the way it is. That I remember with Kim Zinni's class, her preschool class, when it was prayer time. Does anyone have a request? And you would see, I got a boo-boo. Well, maybe it's on the other arm. Or my grandma is sick in the hospital, and they say she may go see Jesus, and we're going to pray for her. They pray with the same amount of faith, whether it's a boo-boo or whether it's life-changing. And when it comes to six-year-old theology, things like this. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. When you're a kid and you are told that the rainbow is a symbol of God's promise, every time they see that, they're going to tell you there's God's promise. Every single time they see that. When you tell a kid you take it to Jesus, they're going to take it to Jesus. And when you don't take it to Jesus, they're going to call you on that. Six-year-old theology says in Job, ask the animals and they will teach you. Or the birds of the air and they'll tell you. Speak to the earth, it will teach you. Let the fish of the sea inform you. Which of these does not know that the hand of God has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. That is like straight-up six-year-old Disney Pocahontas faith. For real. I mean, kids, they see God in everything, and how do I not? They see God in everything. We need to get there. The God goal is for you to have good soil in your heart. That's the goal. When he brings up these other types of soil, here's what it looks like for Christians. It is Sunday today and Monday's coming. You never hear that in church. We always hear Sunday's coming, but Monday's coming. Do you ever feel like you're on a spiritual hamster wheel? Got a parent, got to work, got an adult, got to get through this thing. Ah, my bed. Alarm, four minutes later, got to get up, got an adult, got to 
we come into places like this and we worship together. We come into places like this and you feel God so strong. But there are times spiritually that you can feel like Liam Neeson in Taken, where you have this particular skill set, and then you're forced to kind of go out into the world and live like a civilian, if you will. And you don't know what to do with it. You don't know. You know, some of you are fortunate enough to work in Christian environments, and some of you don't have that. And what do we do with the greatness of God? How do we take it out there? When I have this dirt in my heart that I want to have God truth planted in, when I want to represent well for him, what do I do with this civilian life? The wayside, when we talk about it, it's the part of the path where everyone has walked. Nothing could grow there because the ground was too hard. It says in Hebrews, when we spoke about the wilderness last week, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during your time of testing in the wilderness. The devil right now is betting for you to react like the crowd's going to react. That's what he's doing. He's playing the averages. He's looking at the path and he's like, nine out of ten people are going to react this way. I'm going to bet that way. Well, you know what? I want to be the one. I want to be the one that he gets it wrong on. Because for most Christians, when it comes to a walk, like when I meet people and they're like, oh, you're a pastor. I'm a Christian, too. A lot of people's theology looks like survive, be a relatively good person, don't cuss, tell someone you'll pray for them. That God is saying there's so much more. There's so much more. Get bold. Get bold with what's going on. See, if we just go with this idea of walking the walk and being like the 9 out of 10 and just playing it safe, then our Christianity is going to be reduced to that inspirational scripture calendar that you put on your desk at work. We need to take it farther. We need to go places because God's saying that dirt's getting packed down. The more you play it safe, the more you're packing that dirt down. You were called to more. You were called to more. You were called through holiness to throw away some things that other people may want to keep. And you were called to keep some things other people may want to throw away. But in that, he is holy and he has called you to be holy. It says in 2 Corinthians, come out from among them and be separate. Do not touch the unclean thing. Sometimes when it says come out from among them, it may be coming out from amongst your peers. But go higher. Don't settle for less. When masses of believers get up tomorrow to trample the beaten path just a little more, just to survive. Those are times that hearts can get hardened, that souls can get weary. And in those times when you don't know what's going on, you know what's going to happen? That's when the God truth is going to drop. That's when the sower is going to come around. Do you know what it's going to look like? It's going to look like remembering that scripture from the devotion that you got up and did that morning. It's going to look like remembering something from a podcast sermon that you listened to. It's going to be that scripture that you memorized as a child when I was in the school in order to get longer break time. That it's going to come to my mind, these God truths, and it's going to stew those seeds being thrown. And in those times, the devil's going to start chirping. 
I'm going to just take an aside here. I am fully done with hearing that the devil is the opposite of God. God has no equal. I am tired of the devil getting like this credit of being opposite of this all-powerful God. I'm done in the church of the devil in some way people count. No, no, that's not how it works, see? He's the creator. He's the one who sets the rules. And sometimes the devil needs to be reminded, like you hear that thing, the pickup line, like, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Sometimes when I'm praying, I'll say that to the devil. I feel like we just need a boldness of faith to get out there and to tell the devil when we're walking, yeah, I don't know, you may try to show up there, but my God's there already. Oh, you may try to show your face. You didn't get an invite. In those types of faith things, on that path, people are going to look at you. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Don't rock the boat. Rock the boat. When the God truth begins to drop, it's going to lay there. It's going to whisper, go deeper. Something inside of you is going to say, take this deeper. In order for the seed to flourish, it needs to get inside my heart. Here's a truth, a little history lesson. Back during that time in Palestine, oftentimes when people would sow, they would throw seed down and then they would turn the ground. It's not a lack of God's word. It may be a lack of us turning our heart toward it. Don't wait to plow the soil. Don't wait. How he said in the beginning, how's your dirt? It's your dirt. That's the, God's giving you dirt and you need to do something with it. He can't do it for you in that moment. Don't let the word sit there. See, while someone else feel like they need to take a spiritual break, God's called you to work in the field. In Hosea, it says, break up your unplowed ground, for it's time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. You wonder sometimes, how am I going to do it because I'm so tired? Well, I would say let the fire forge the plow, because in Jeremiah, it says, his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary from trying to bear. I couldn't hold back. There are times that you need to take that fire and you need to say, devil, you know what? Right now, a lot's going on. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start making this plow right here and I'm going to start turning the ground. It may not make sense to you because you're telling me run and hide, run and hide. I'm not going to run and hide. In fact, I'm going to whistle a tune while I'm plowing this ground because the seed of God is getting turned into the soil. It's already there. It's already there. The seeds we talk about, they're not marigolds and snapdragons and petunias. They're not those pretty little flowers that we buy every year and they're usually gone by June because I don't water them. It's not about decoration. It's about eternity. It's not about decoration. If what you do for God is to just make things look better, that's not going to work. The seeds that are going to grow are seeds that are going to sustain you later on. 
The seeds that are growing right now in dirt that may have got turned over in times that you couldn't understand, those are going to be seeds that not only will be there to feed you spiritually, but they'll be there to feed others spiritually. And so if you just decide, I'm not going to turn the ground over, you may be holding back blessing from other people because God's going to want to use you to do things. So always be obedient. Always be obedient. Ezekiel 47 says this, and I love it. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on the banks of the river. I should preface that by saying this. Get this in your heart when I read it, because this is a destiny of CLC to be a place where there is a spiritual abundance and overflow. And so when people, you hear those things, like I was just driving by and I just felt like God told me to go there because there was something there was something. It's going to be this type of place. And so let me read this. The fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. The leaves will not wither, nor will the fruit fail. Every month they're going to bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Speaking of destiny, there will be people who come through those doors that are going to need to take a seat for a minute because they've been through the ringer. Are we going to provide that shade? There will be people who have had terrible experiences in numbers of bodies of Christ that will walk through that door, and they're going to need to be fed in that moment. Six-year-old theology, you know what they have a rule at most schools? You can't share food. It's probably allergy-based, right? Because they know kids will give away their whole lunch. I think there's a story about that in the Bible. Be willing to give it all away. Be willing to throw it out there. What God's blessing you with, if God is blessing you right now with peace, it's not just for you. If God has been with you through hard times, that wasn't just for you. Be willing to break up the path. Be willing to be the one that looks like a crazy person. To the crowd, you may look crazy. They'll be like, why are you getting that spiritual jackhammer out right now on the path? You're going to mess everything up. Because that's what God called me to do. To God, you may look like someone with an audacity of faith. When everyone else is shaking their heads saying, what are they doing? God may look and say, that's what I wanted them to do all along. Strange thing. I could show you photos of dozens of seeds, and you probably have no idea what type of plant they produce. If you do, then that's quite a hobby. <laughs> but when you have seeds, you have no idea what they're going to make. But trust the sower. God isn't going to plant seeds that won't grow in the climate that you're in. He'll never plant at the wrong time. You ever get to a place where you're like, God, you ever made the statement, I just, I just can't take anymore. I just, there's so much going on. It's in those times that the seeds may fall. And his grace is sufficient in that moment. 
The wayside, it represents a heart that never really understands the truth. That's what Jesus goes on to say in this. Someone who never really understood the truth. That does not mean that I am spiritually incompetent. It means that I never take the hearing of the word of God to the doing of the word of God. It means that I never take the you should trust God to the I'm trusting God phase. When I understand the power of the Holy Spirit, I will act on it. Oh, and it's going to be scary. Because faith is never going to be that thing that feels so comfortable. And so I ask this question. Is it me that he's speaking to in this? Yeah. Is it me that he's trying to challenge as the one that's walking the wayside just like everybody else? How do I know? Things like this. Are there times that I feel like I'm too busy to take time and pray? Yeah. One of the strangest things is to work as a pastor and to be doing good things that are for God, but not to be doing the God thing in the moment. Are there times that I know that I reach for scripture more as a life preserver than I do as something that sustains me all the time? Are there times that I don't look at God's word like oxygen, but I look at it more like helium to make me happy, make little balloon animals like God entertain me? I do. I know he's speaking to me in those moments. Am I leaving truth to sit on the surface sometimes, like I'll get to that? Yeah. And Jesus said, when anyone hears of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it remains on the surface. The evil one comes along and plucks it right out of the person's heart. Worship team, I'm going to be wrapping this up. As the God truth lays there, along comes the birds. The birds, they always come. You know what I'm reminded of? Tim, I'm reminded of your dad. He had his bird feeder. And I don't know what kind of birds. I never asked Harry Lanning what kind of birds he liked. But I knew which birds he didn't like. Hated those blackbirds blackbirds eating that food and I don't know which birds had his blessing but the blackbirds definitely didn't and he would put food out and before long those blackbirds would show up and they would take that food when the truth lays there long enough the devil's going to be whispering he's going to have you second guessing it he's going to get you sidetracked and off track and you're going to forget to come back and turn that ground that's how it's going to work. And as he does, and you know how crows are. It's just annoying. Like every time that I'd go golfing and make a bad shot, there'd be crows. Like, and I'd be like, yeah, it's real funny. It's real funny. Do not ignore the God truths. Oh, the birds. As I was writing this, it's funny. Sitting in my Jeep at prayer conference last week. Writing this out. I was just praying, God, direction-wise, don't know at the end of this what I'm thinking. 
got a phone call as I'm sitting in my Jeep. And I heard some geese walking around behind the Jeep. You know, geese, they're everywhere. So this goose, get a phone call, talking to someone's church stuff, it's serious. Hear these geese, honk, honk, honk. This goose was approximately 40 feet above my Jeep. You know where this is going. My Jeep has a soft top too, right? It was bad. I jumped about four feet, did like a Fred Flintstone, like out the top of the car, and in that moment, I just thought, like, that's the way the devil works. Because there were people, and they were walk, checking in the hood, and they look at my Jeep, and I mean, it was just, it was car wash worthy. And in that moment, like, that's how the devil wants to do those birds, he wants you driving around and like, ha, 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 look what happened there. Look what happened there. Look at the mark that left. Oh, they're going to come and try to eat your seed, but it's more the embarrassment side. And so as we close this one up, I'm going to ask this. If you're in this house and you feel like your walk, there is a great deal of shame associated with your walk. Just shame. As soon as you take a step forward, the devil's like, yeah, but remember? If the thing that's keeping you on a path of playing it safe is because the devil has almost said, you cannot go any farther due to the amount of shame that I'm going to hover over your head. Maybe at the end of this, you need to come up and pray with one of the prayer elders and just agree enough is enough. Maybe if you're in a place where whatever rules have been set, you need to hear God say, get off that beaten path, come up here. I have another path that's prepared for you. In his word, it says, you show me the path of life, and your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In Job, it says, my feet have closely followed his steps. I've kept to his way without turning aside. Maybe the path he's leading you on, you've never seen before, and you don't know what to do with it. In Deuteronomy, it says, for the Lord your God's bringing you into a good land, a land of streams, water, springs, and deep water sources. It flows in both valleys and hills. See, I'm responsible for my dirt. It's not pretty, but I'm responsible for it. When I went to Honduras a few years ago and we were pouring cement floors in these homes, the dirt there was not good dirt. And in order sometimes to get the dirt the way you needed it to be, in, to put the concrete in it, they would get an old school screen, a screen and a shovel. And if you've ever dug in Honduras, you know that shovels are not made well and the dirt's super hard. And there would be a huge pile of things to the side that they had sifted out. And a whole lot of shoveling sometimes ended up with a little bit of dirt. And maybe that's you. 
Maybe you feel like, God, I've done work, I've done work, I've done work, and this is all I got to show for it. That's a start. We're going to pray. After we pray, I'm going to ask for the prayer elders to come up. As they come up, if you're here, and if you have a need, please come forward and pray. There is no need that God's going to say, why did you bring that up here? No. He's a good father. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, right now, I ask that you would be in this room. God, I pray against whatever the birds are that would try to take your truth away from your people. I pray a confidence and an audacity of faith over this house that we would walk in your ways, that we would be a people that would not look like everyone else, God, but would look the way that you have called us to be. And Lord, I pray right now for any heart that is broken in this house, for any shame that is hovering, you are bigger than that. You are greater than that. And Lord, I pray that this would be a day when healing begins. Let us do well with the dirt that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll stand, please.